When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I never should have come after you. I'm sorry. You didn't kill anybody. And if I'm really going to forgive you, then I need to tell you I'm sorry that I made you want to do it in the first place. What changed your mind? Edward. He said Ava was family to him. You're family to me. And you did what he didn't. You came clean. Is that all you came here to tell me? Like you said, we're in the middle of a murder trial. And you have an idea. We're not the only people that are like family to each other. And sometimes you have to put your family in a position where they don't have a choice. What do you need me to do? Suit season three, episode eight is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about Endgame, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino, back here with the guy who knows way more references than just the sound of music. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good, but I've never actually seen the sounds of music. Like yeah, the sounds, you know what? I don't want to like, get us in trouble with uh, the audience, but yeah, it's, not, it's a little it? bit of a blind spot for me also. Oh my God! You know, add this to our rewatch. Put it on list. the list. <laughs> yeah, put it on the list at the back of the at the end of the list. Okay, cool. Look, if we could get I, Lewis Lit as the guest to talk about the sound of music, I'm telling you, excited. the associates need to be working on our guest list as well. We even if they can't talk about suits, you know, we're not gonna go and you know and, and disrespect the strike. But if they mm-hmm. want to come on here and talk about other stuff. Yeah, we're down. All right, Chappelle. This episode is called Endgame. Is this Endgame. perhaps? The end of the Ava Hessington saga? Oh, dear God, I hope so. It feels like every episode, we are, like, right there knocking on the door of, like, okay, we're about to break this thing open, and then they come up with another charge or another lawsuit and another... They switch lawyers, and they pass it off to someone else. I mean, what have we seen? Darby, we've seen Robert Zane, we've seen Travis Tanner, we've seen Cameron uh, Dennis... All involved in this case in some shape, form, or fashion. Like, was Robert Zane involved with this? Wasn't he? No, I, I think he that passed. that was Folsom Foods. Was it Daniel Hardman. Yeah. It, look, I, look, they're all. It's, it's uh, Hardman all and Zane have they? They had their own thing. <laughs> they they, Listen, they, were, they didn't get involved with this. I thought that's why they called this the End Game because they brought back all <laughs> the, the people. <laughs> cross the, well, End Yeah, maybe it's like USA End Game when they bring in everybody from like Psych and Burn Notice and everything. Right, the portal opens up and it's Dulé Hill. Okay, I can mm-hmm. see that. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my god it's monk <laughs> uh that would be great actually I, I i need that i remember um was it uh was wrestling on the usa network for a while sure think, oh, um, it still is yeah oh, monday it, night it raw still is yeah oh, okay raw see I, I used i feel like raw used to be on a different network 
and then no. something else was on USA, and then they switched them up. I mean, dear God, it's been so long since I used to follow Raw closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, bring in The Rock. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Isn't he back? We could use him. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, He was on SmackDown recently, uh, but it depends on when you're listening to this podcast. So Yeah, it depends on when you're listening to it. (laughs) All right. So here we are. It's Endgame, and really a lot of big dominoes end up falling in this episode. Uh, We get Stephen Huntley arrested after it turns out that he was the person that at least like paid off the colonel to commit these murders. And so uh, we had that and obviously his breakup with Donna and then the breakup with uh, with Edward Darby is happening. Edward Darby signed a plea deal. Can't uh, practice any law in the U.S. Yes, this is a. What I kind of suspected was going to happen, I didn't think it was going to happen like this. I, this completely caught me off guard. But I figured at some point, Jessica was going to resent Darby for his uh, dealings with Harvey and try to, you know, boot him out. Um, you know, and so it happened very quickly. Uh, so it's really weird like that. Well, they'll draw out a case forever, but then they'll solve some massive problem in one episode. Uh, and so in this episode, Darby realizes that, yeah, Stephen Huntley did go rogue and murder some people. He didn't tell him to do it, but he told him to do whatever it took to get it done. And like Harvey, uh, Stephen Huntley does whatever he wants, you know, when you tell him to go do whatever you want. And so he eventually confronted him and said, hey, what are you doing? But Huntley was like, well, I did it. It's done. What are you going to do? And so now that it's about to, it's starting to look like Ava is guilty and that she's the one who's going to take the fall for this. Um I guess Darby finally decided, okay, I can't keep covering up for Stephen Huntley. Mm-hmm. I need to speak up and make sure that Ava is safe. So he strikes a deal with Cameron Dennis saying that, all right, I will admit that I tried to cover up for Stephen Huntley. I'll get my five years in probation or whatever the case may be. But Ava needs to walk free. Uh, and, you know, and then you can go after Stephen Huntley for the murder. But... It seems like uh, that's not the deal that they ended up signing. They uh, He looks at the fine print on the deal, and somehow they've worked in a clause to where he also cannot practice law in the United States. And so now, uh, conveniently, he has to sacrifice his law career in the United States to save Ava. And that means Jessica and Harvey have effectively gotten rid of him as their other name partner. It seems to me like most of what I've learned about the law is from Suits. So mm-hmm. I think that right. what you do is that you basically, if you're a lawyer, you like write like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. And then there's like one little like provision. It's basically like all law is like a needle in a haystack or a needle in a stack of needles. And the one mm-hmm. paragraph that's like the poison pill is in there. And then it's up to the other group of lawyers to like not get bored reading the document and find the one piece of poison you put into this giant contract. Yeah. Um, I guess it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Right. Um, it's like that little thing on the death star, right? Like is this, <laughs> you got to just hit that one yeah. little, that little yeah. hole, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's star Wars. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, yeah, we've watched enough suits to be able to say from our professional opinion that that's all law is. Yeah. Right? I mean, Star bunch Wars of words is pretty popular, nobody catches but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they haven't made a lot of references of that in here. Yeah. But uh, more, there are more Trekkies than Warsies mm-hmm. uh, on this show. But yeah, I think that you're right. We've seen enough to know that all you do is write and write and write and write and write. 
and then hope that nobody catches that one little line yeah. that you slide in there. And this time, uh, it looks like it might not have even been in there. It was at, you know, they kind of had Darby over a barrel. It was like, even if he disputed it and said, I don't want that, um, I don't want that deal. It's going to make me give up law. They're like, okay, well, give up Ava then. And he's not willing to do that. We got the backstory, Rob, about, you know, the, the origin story, yes. <laughs> yeah, and the age difference you and I talked about not too long ago because you were like, uh, Darby and um Yeah, they're like the same age. Be, yeah. They're like the same <laughs> age. Uh and so she, apparently when they when he was a, a wee lad and he was dating her dad, um, they used to bring Ava with them when they would go on vacations because no one could know that they were, you know, having a relationship. Uh, and so she would pretend to be Darby's girlfriend at the time. And so um so that's why he has like, such a ooh, familiar relationship. Scandal. Uh, right. Cat Stark with Lord Varys. What? Right. Well, Little did who they expected know. that yeah. one? Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So because of that, they had this really uh, like, well, they have a familial bond and they looked at each other as family uh, to the point where Darby is willing to go to the ends of the earth for her. Um, and Ava rightfully was very offended that she was just finding out about this Stephen Huntley uh, cover up. Like she slapped the hell out of Dar uh, Darby and he deserved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was really a, a big left turn uh, for this whole thing to take for Stephen Huntley to turn out to have been the person who was like, even Cameron Dennis is like, wait, wait, so hold on. So. Yeah, you expect me to believe, yeah, me to believe <laughs> that actually the, the real killer is one of the lawyers that's working with you. <laughs> like, wait, what? Somehow, some way, this episode kind of redeemed Cameron Dennis in my it eyes. It did. A kinda, bit. We weren't seeing that a coming. Yeah, right. And it barely happened. It really did because we've been looking at Cameron Dennis, or at least I have, as someone who will go to the ends of the earth to win. You know, he's he's instilled that in Harvey. We know Jessica has instilled that in Harvey. So we see a lot of Harvey just like, I have to win or else. And I have to win the way I want to win. It has to be the way I want to win all the time. And I was looking at Cameron Dennis like, yeah, if you just could just get your head out of your ass for a little bit, then you could see that you're going after the wrong person. But that's not what motivates Cameron Dennis. Cameron Dennis wants to put guilty people in jail and he will stop at nothing to do that, even if it means breaking the law uh, and burying evidence. And so once Harvey realized, oh, it's not that he needs to win. He needs to get the right person and he needs to he needs to make it happen. Uh, you know, and they couldn't convince Cameron Dennis throughout the episode that it wasn't uh, Ava who had set this all up. And so eventually Cameron Dennis can see, OK, there's a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that this is Stephen Huntley. I probably can't get him, though. So if you can make me a deal, you know, we know mm -hmm. he doesn't like to go to trial. But if you can make me a deal, then, OK, we can get out of this and then I can go after the real bad guy, Stephen Huntley. And so that's what they do. They end up convincing Cameron Dennis to, you know, all right, let's let's set this deal aside and then you can arrest uh, Stephen Huntley and try him for murder later on. The only thing that I feel like is a little bit off for me that I feel like that Cameron Dennis's whole motivation throughout this whole saga was. I'm getting payback at Harvey. It doesn't, this is mm -hmm. all to me, like Cameron Dennis never cared about Ava Hessington, the people that were murdered, the Colonel, uh, any of this stuff, Tony G that uh, all he cared about was I am going to be a thorn in Harvey's side. I'm the special prosecutor here just to get back at Harvey for forcing me out of the DA's office. And I feel like that I don't really know if Cameron Dennis like re really ever had that other than that, you know, Mike ended up bringing Clifford Danner to come meet with uh, uh, Cameron Dennis. But 
other than that, I, did Cameron Dennis really like have this great epiphany? It was like, you know what? Like, uh, I shouldn't have been messing with you, Harvey. You're a good guy. No, I forgive I you that. for what you did to me. Maybe it was just the Clifford Danner of it all. They, the the big plan here is that um, we need to remind Cameron Dennis how it feels to put the wrong person behind bars, right? And so, because Cameron Dennis has seemed like he was pretty unapologetic about the Clifford Danner thing. Um, technically, Harvey was the one who put him behind bars anyway, but it was Cameron Dennis's hiding of the evidence that actually made this possible. Uh, but now that Clifford Danner is out, he can appeal to uh, Cameron's humanity and say, look at what you did to me. You know, why would you do this to someone else? And so I think it was those moments where he was able to let his guard down and say, you know what? There are bigger things uh, to deal with uh, that do not involve, you know, me and Harvey's blood feud. You know, we could actually be sending someone to jail and letting somebody who is guilty walk free on his watch, you know? And I think as a district attorney or a former district attorney, there might be like some pride involved in that as well. Like, you know, like everybody walking around knowing that you let the murderer off because you were too... Uh, fully yourself to see the, the bigger picture. I think that might have swayed him too. But you're right. This started off a um uh, a Cameron versus Harvey fight. Mm -hmm. And eventually he he was moved to kind of doing the right thing. Um so like I said, it redeemed him a little bit. I still hate that guy and his mustache though. <laughs> yeah. I mean it was only an episode or two ago where he's like he's like I don't care if it's a million to one shot, anything, I'm still in the ring. I'm still coming for you. Like it just right. seemed like he got turned around pretty easily and I don't really understand uh what changed for Cameron Dennis, but all right, it's end game, I guess. So you're going to wrap up uh, Cameron Dennis. So we also had, you know, a real understanding with Jessica and Harvey in terms of like where they stand now. They're back on the same page where they were sort of like on opposite sides for a lot of this season three. And really turns out, you know, for uh, Harvey and Jessica, it's like a family matter. Yeah. So Jessica, finally realizes I have to forgive Harvey. Like I really have to move on because we can't work together if I'm still harboring all these feelings towards you. And so she goes to him with a bottle, a celebration bottle of alcohol. I'm pretty sure it was like a scotch or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, they feel, they, sure, they feel some like color scotch. of Johnny Walker. Yeah. Not Johnny Walker. <laughs> Black label, red label, mm -hmm. probably. I don't know. I would Blue, hope that they maybe. spend more money. I hope they spend more money than that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah. Celebratory bottle. They come in. It's actually the emergency bottle. Like, this is the break glass in case, like, it, it, it gets real. And, I mean, it, it honestly, it had gotten real. Ava was about to go to jail for murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they talk about it for a second. And she's like, okay, Harvey, I forgive you for trying to take me out because... It's my fault that you even wanted to take me out of the game, you know. And so I can, I can, I can apologize for that as well. Harvey apologizes too, and then they come to terms with, okay, now we're back on the same page, and we have to figure out this whole uh, Ava situation. Obviously, they do, and they manage to get Darby out. So it seems like uh, everybody's back in lockstep as usual. Okay, so yeah, they're back in business, and so. It looks like that we're going to get the, you know, Harvey and Jessica back and the Edward Darby is out. Edward Darby is out. I, uh, you know, he can't practice law anymore. So obviously they have to dissolve this law firm for whatever it is. But then that brings the question, OK, well, what happens to like a Nigel? You know, is, is he getting fired? I don't know. We haven't seen him in a minute, but I mean, he still works for there. Uh, Stephen Huntley, we know, gets fired in this mm -hmm. episode, as he should. <laughs> he also gets yeah. arrested. So we, we don't really have to worry about him. But yeah, they have to dissolve the company. And so I, are we looking at 
the next episode we see on the wall Pearson and Harvey. Pearson, Pearson and, yeah, do we still have some of those letters from Hardman? Yeah, yeah, so, because they could put this together. Yeah, this felt like more to me like this could have been the midseason finale. So it's a little surprising. We talked about yesterday that there were two more episodes before we got to the midseason finale, especially because this is called Endgame. Yeah, like you're in the Endgame now, but technically not really in the Endgame because mm. we got two more episodes to go. Yeah, like you, this is the beginning of the Endgame. You know. Um, this is the Infinity War. Uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then didn't, didn't they just call it that. Just call it the Infinity War. It's been a bit of an Infinity game? War with Hessington Oil. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think that in the early days of Suits, it felt like we were doing trials of the week, right? Like this case, this case, this case. And they all kind of lived in a bubble. And then every now and then they would double back and be like, remember that thing you said to Daniel Harbin? It came back to bite you in this mm-hmm. other case. In this case, we have seen like, Clifford Danner come from season one? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, where did he come from? It's almost like uh, in the beginning, it felt like you could just pop in on an episode of Suits, kind of get the gist of it and, and move forward. But now it feels like you really have to watch these episodes in order to get the full picture. I wonder if it works as like a show that you casually turn on the USA Network and just watch one at a time. Well, I definitely think that tonally, like in the first season, you could watch any episode of Suits and then basically all you need to knew, know was that Mike Ross was lying. He didn't really go to Harvard. And then there would be, it was like 80% each week was like new stuff and maybe like 15, 20% was about like, oh, Mike and Rachel, will they, won't they? Uh, but mm. now like, you know, everything is, there's very little. Uh, and uh, and this is a great segue into Lewis where a, a lot of the Lewis stuff is just sort of like the just nonsense of the week uh, as opposed to like this like ongoing soap opera that's happening with these other cases. Yeah. Yesterday I was very high on the uh, Lewis and the cat. Uh, This time, not so much, not so much. I think they had lightning in the bottle. The first time they did the mock trial, they had Harold there. Uh, Lewis was being absurd. Harold was being absurd. Nigel was being absurd. And I was like, this is the perfect storm for like just uh, shenanigans. But in this episode, I, re- I just wasn't expecting that to be a storyline to carry over into the next one. I was like, we we did this already. And so we see that Lewis is back in charge with the uh, of the associates and he is on 11. Like Lewis is known to be kind of full tilt, but I mean, he's off the rails at this full point. Tilt he says full lit boogie, you know, uh, he says um, they should thank God and him for letting them be in his kingdom. Uh, so he's uh, sitting at the very t- top of a throne that he just got back. And he actually resents the associates for even making him fight for his spot back. You know, he um, pleaded for the, his life in the game, you know, for, for the cat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they chose Lewis. Oh, but they made him choose between them and the cat. He cannot let that go. Yes. Yeah. He's very angry with them. And so that he is uh, extra vindictive uh, towards them. And then uh, we got more Harold. So we brought Harold back for one episode. Maybe like Harold's agent was like, no, Harold's not coming back for one episode. He gets two. Or no Harold. Harold. (laughs) I kind of like Harold. Like, I like Harold when Harold is in his bag. I don't like Harold when Harold is shook. And so the moments when Harold is kind of feeling himself, he's like sitting at the desk, kind of leaned over like, Lewis, you could throw these folders at me all you want. I was like, yeah, Harold, stick it to him. Tell him, tell Harold, tell him about himself. But then like Lewis just pushes a little bit. 
And this man crumbles. You know, he just mm-hmm. like falls apart. Like, well, but but it's a picture of my mom. You, you, you're the one who said we can't have pictures of my mom at our desk. What is wrong with you? Can I at least just have paragraph nine in my, in my settlement? Like, Harold, stand up. Stand up. This man is at your desk. Yeah. This man walked into your office and propped himself up at your desk and is yelling at you. Tell that man to get the hell out your office and mean that stuff. Say it with your chest, Harold. Um, I liked Harold more. I, I liked him more yesterday. I don't like him yeah. as much today. So, yeah. Uh, Harold and Lewis are getting into it, and Lewis is like, oh, you know, did I ever tell you about the time that Mike Ross, uh, I told him that you could stay at Pearson Hardman, and then uh, he said he wasn't willing to do that? Rob, Harold comes to Lewis and says, you made this personal. You made me babysit your cat, even though I I was allergic, and I hate cats, and you could have killed me, and you fired me in front of my best friend. And I'm looking around like, who the hell is Harold? Yeah, best I still friend? don't know. Was it Mike? Mike is his best it friend. It was Mike Ross. <laughs> Harold Stewart. What, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like even Lewis was like, "Your best friend, the one who could have saved you, who literally was like, nah, you can go." That guy. Yeah. That we've never seen you talk to outside of the office hours, except for the time that he needed a favor from you. That's your best friend. I was like, okay, Lewis might have a point. Harold might be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Lewis and Harold end up in this standoff all throughout the episode where then Harold is suing Pearson, uh, Pearson Darby Spector <laughs> for a bunch of uh, different cases that Lewis has to get involved with. And then at one point, Harold actually gets the upper hand on Lewis. Yes. Um, there's a moment where Harold gives Lewis the settlement and Lewis is like, we don't agree to these terms. We don't agree to paragraph one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, blah, 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 blah. And Harold's like, kind of crumbling again through his lip quiver. He's like, can you at least agree to paragraph nine? And Lewis, who is on his high horse, says, yeah, I'll give you paragraph nine. And paragraph nine needs to go tell the other paragraphs that I'm coming for them too. Like, oh, okay, fine. That doesn't really make sense, but we'll mm-hmm. take it. And yeah. so Lewis, Lewis took that as like a moral victory. Like, look at me shutting Harold down. I gave him his little paragraph, but it's a warning shot. You know, like I'll come for the rest of these paragraphs if I need to come to find out that one paragraph is what kept Harold in the game. And so Lewis then has to double up. He First of all, he has to admit to himself that Harold got one over on him. Mm-hmm. And Rachel is trying to let Lewis see that this is getting out of control. But then. Lewis, being the more seasoned professional lawyer, he comes in and he's slamming him with all these motions. And he's like, Harold, you could do whatever you want, but you got to get through all these motions to get to me. And your job is not going to be very happy that you're doing all of this because of a personal vendetta for me. So good luck. So Harold has to grab all his folders, collect his things and, and go. And eventually, Rachel China tells Lewis like, hey, You've done enough to Harold. You know, like, what, what is this vendetta you have against mm-hmm. Harold? He has a personal yeah. deep-seated hate in him. Yeah. And, yeah, Lewis talks about how um, it, was, it wasn't exactly following about like, climbing the rope no. in gym class. That was a failure. He looks at Harold, and Harold was one of his fa- failures. And Rachel's like, Lewis, you made him. You made him? You made and Harold. You, con- you continuously make him fail, too. Like, every time he's climbing his rope, you're dragging him down. I think what Lewis doesn't want to say is that Lewis is someone's herald. Mm-hmm. And and he doesn't like that. You know, Lewis is a very much very good at his job, but Lewis has flaws. And I'm pretty sure if you ask Harvey, Harvey might speak about Lewis in ways that Lewis speaks about Harold. He might not ever call him a Norwegian carrot top wannabe, <laughs> but uh, he does 
Lewis, Lewis is Lewis. You know, he's, he's an acquired taste, and I'm sure Harold is the same. So I'm pretty sure he just kind of resents him because he sees a lot of him in him. Yeah. Okay. We said yesterday that the best Rachel is Lewis and Rachel, but this was kind of a light Rachel episode. She's trying to keep Lewis from being ridiculous, but Lewis has lost the love of his life by losing that cat. You know, first, well, first, he's still he's still grieving Bruno, right? This is not this has nothing to do with Mikado, Mikado, you know, uh, the cat. Mm -hmm. This is all have to do with Bruno. He's he's basically lost Bruno. He's used Mikado as like a stand-in for that grief, and so he put all his love and 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 life into that cat. And then the cat gets taken. So now he doesn't like, now he can't figure out what to do with that. And so he's taking out all his anger on the associates. Well, it's not the associates who did it. So then he takes all his anger out on Harold. Well, it's not Harold who did it. Honestly, Lewis did it. Mm. Lewis did it because he couldn't get out of his own way with the Nigel situation. Nigel and Lewis tried to bond. Nigel was like, look, let's leave each other off our, uh, our, our, our sheets or whatever, our reports. Lewis could not help himself. And so he got he threw Nigel under the bus. Then Nigel became quartermaster. Lewis had to become quartermaster. So then Lewis lost the associates. That's how it happened. So I'm sorry, Lewis, but this is on you. And so Rachel's job this episode was just to kind of bring Lewis back to the earth. You know, um, this would have been a good spot for Katrina, who was not in this episode. I'm assuming she's still... Um, wherever she went to for that uh, for that training, mm -hmm. wherever Nigel sent her off to. She hasn't come back yet, and it shows. Yeah. Chappelle, there was an, uh, one other fun moment when Mike Ross went to go meet with the colonel in this episode, and then he needed to get past it. Uh, and they said, okay, don't dress like a lawyer. They won't believe you. Uh, and he goes to, like, the doorman or, like, the security guard. And the security guard is like, uh, you don't look like a lawyer to me. And he's like, you got me. I'm not a lawyer. In fact, between you and me, I'm a complete fraud. And the security guard's like, <laughs> okay, kid, mm -hmm. get out of here. Yeah. He's like, no, uh, literally, I'm I'm a fraud. You know, you you only look like a lawyer if you're wearing a suit and tie. If mm -hmm. you wear a, a shirt, a T-shirt, and an undershirt, I mean, shorts, a T-shirt, and yeah. an undershirt, you could be anybody. Uh, and Mike Ross sewed up and he was in full disguise as Mike Ross dressed in street clothes. Um, and then he pretended to be uh, Stephen Huntley's nephew. Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, yeah. yeah uh, Here's my family photo. It's my family. Uh, look at it. I, I have a picture of them doing rugby together. Uh, yeah, it was a fun uh, moment for Mike Ross. I just love that. Uh, Harvey's like, you can't go in there dressed like a lawyer. They'll shut it down. He's like, okay, I'll put on the best disguise I can find. Shorts. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's it. Um, we didn't really talk about uh, Donna yet, Rob. Okay. But Donna got to be the heavy in this episode. Did you notice? Uh, she got to then uh, tell Stephen uh, a couple of things. One, she got to tell mm -hmm. him that he uh, got fired. And then she got to tell mm -hmm. him he was arrested. Yeah. Uh, she starts off the episode talking to Harvey, kind of like helping him... Uh, you know, clean up his wounds from the fight because uh, he might have beat Stephen Huntley's ass, but Stephen got a couple licks in. And so uh, she's like, Harvey, you got to make him pay. I said, oh, God, Donna, please. This, man, she's like, I can't believe I was with him and, 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 he, and he did this to me. You have to hold his feet to the fire, Harvey. I just, and so next thing you know, she's like, Stephen Huntley, you monster. That's why you're fired. I'm Donna, bitch. I was like, okay, okay, we get it. And then by the end, apparently, they worked this into the settlement when they were with Darby that Darby can't practice law. 
Huntley's going to get arrested and Donna gets to be the one to reveal ultimately to, to uh, Huntley that he is going to jail. And how she does this is she goes up to him at the bar and says, I know I thought you were bad, but you're worse. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was Donna's role in the episode today. Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Donna yeah. in distress. Not for me. Not for me. All right. Chappelle, who gets the lady this episode? Donna's out. Donna's out. Donna's out. Rachel Lewis didn't do anything. It. It's not going to be Lewis. Uh, Mike okay, Harvey, so Jessica. Mike for what? Okay. Mike brought in uh, Clifford Danner. Yeah, I guess so. That was the, that was the Trump card. So I think we got to give Mike credit for that. But I think that's it. I, I, I would that's say. All Mike did. I feel like it's Jessica. Jessica did get, she got Harvey back under her wing. It was also got, her idea about uh, that having Darby testify, right? Uh, yes. Well, it was her her idea about making Darby go to you know to do the deal, right? Yeah, it was it was her because she like you you can't put Darby on the stand like that's not going to happen. Um, but because Cameron Dennis is not going to go for that. But if you could get Darby to convince Cameron off the stand. You might have so you might have a little something to go off of right there. And so I think that is Jessica's idea. Um she does she does win big too. She gets uh Darby pretty much out of the merger, which she never really wanted. She just kind of needed him to be merged with her mm-hmm. for the financial part. Um and she got Harvey back. Yeah, I think this is a Jessica episode. Okay. Go, Jessica. You go, Jessica. All right. Liddy for Jessica. Congratulations. Liddy for Jessica. All right. Congrats, Jess. So not a ton of references in this episode. Uh, we had uh, the Breakfast Club again and the Sound of Music. Uh, you mentioned also that they talked about Carrot Top. Uh, that <laughs> did, is Harold giving Carrot Top? Is every redhead that ever lived? It, I didn't even know Harold was a redhead. I think I think he is. I think that's the only reason why Lewis makes this reference in this moment because I I didn't pay attention to Harold's hair color. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie to you. Uh, no disrespect to all the redheads out here. I know y'all are very sensitive about that. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I I guess he's giving carrot. Top. I don't I don't think you can just give carrot top. Like I think you have to. That's a, like a concerted effort you have to go to. You know, carrot top is a very specific look. It's not just about the red hair. It's a whole a whole package and presentation. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. But. Uh, Harold does say he's a very underrated comedian who's never done anything to anyone. Rob, is that true? Not that I know of. Is not true that you know of, or he's never done anything to anyone that you know of? He's never done anything to anyone that I know of. Uh, okay, now you are under oath. Is he a very underrated com- comedian? I think he's Again, properly rated. Properly rated. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Like he's a hardworking guy. He's been like uh, working like nonstop for what? 30, 40 years. Yeah. No, listen. He's got a residency. When was, yeah. When I was a wee lad, Carrot Top was a household name in my, in my head. It's mm-hmm. not like we talked about him in my home, but I knew Carrot Top at a very young age. He's iconic. You know, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could dispute that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think Harold's right. I think that, uh, you know, no, no, I think you're right. I think he's properly rated. I think that everyone, like, if you like his comedy, you like his comedy, but you cannot, you know, downplay that. Super famous. Everyone knows Carrot Top. Right. It's not like you were like, who the hell is Carrot Top? I think his reputation is like, oh, he's horrible. He's not funny. Like, and that's probably, in that way, he's probably underrated, where I think that, you know, mm-hmm. he is a talented guy who's been, like, uh, very successful in his career. 
He's amazing. You know, like, uh, you know, there's just, th- th- we would not be talking about him if he was that awful. Yeah. Okay. Chappelle, we got some feedback here and I want to uh, give you a couple of these. Uh, Suitspodcast.com slash feedback. We got a question from somebody who calls themselves H. That's a question for you. Okay. Did oh, no. Chappelle really not remember that Steven was bad or was he just trying to not spoiler it to Rob? I just listened to the season three, episode three recap where Chappelle says he trusts Steven. And I was like, for real? <laughs> if y'all think I can remember the ins and outs of suits, um, <laughs> back with, back before I was podcasting, I had to make a concerted effort to remember things. I'm sorry. Y'all, uh, it's the best this? of both worlds. Like you've you've been here before, but it's also like your first time. Right, right. And and how can I say this? Look, there's there's good podcasting and and there's bad podccasting. And then there's somewhere in the middle is where I probably fit. Uh, I also I'm trying to figure You're the out how to put this top delicately of podcasting. Right. More like the Mike Ross, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like recreationally, of course. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> in, in a legal sense. That's all. That's it. That's and that's all I'll say about that. So sometimes I remember stuff. Sometimes I don't. Okay. All right. Uh, Then David asks us, why didn't Steven run as soon as they figured it out? I feel like that he just hung out for a few days waiting to be arrested. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good question. I mean, where could he go? I don't know. He was just like, like, Oh, I'm in New York. Might as well like uh, continue my sightseeing. At the end of the day, I think he knows that he's fine. Right. Like in his mind, he's thinking at best they can try to come at me about this. They cannot prove it unless they get Darby to to rat on me, which they won't. Because why would he? Because no one if Darby rats on me, then I can rat on Ava and say it was Ava. So by taking the like he wasn't he wouldn't have expected this big deal to come out where Darby protects Ava at, at the expense of himself to take down Steven. I don't mm-hmm. think he could have seen that. So I think he's kind of. I think his ego had kicked in, honestly. I think he got, he felt like he was Teflon. Yeah. Maybe he felt like, ah, the colonel's taking the fall for this. Yeah. The, they and can't the colonel wanted to. The yeah. colonel wanted to take the fall for it. So it's kind of like, do you know how many hoops you have to get through? Trust me, it's going to take at least seven episodes to get through those hoops. And so I think he's he's chilling. Yeah. Okay. Chappelle, do you have anything else about season three, episode eight? Um... Oh, no, no. I think uh, season three, episode eight was a good episode. I am, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm I'm kind of itching for the day. The day that we do not have to talk about Ava Hessington again. I Listen, it's not that I don't like the storyline. It's just yeah. that every time I think it's over, they just keep pulling us back in. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll have to wait till season three, episode nine to see if that's officially done. But since we know the mid-season finale is coming up and it's not season three, episode eight, um... I'd have to assume they're still going to have some remnants of this storyline moving into the next episode or two. Okay. All right. So, Chappelle, any other feedback or anything you want to mention? Uh, no. Go to suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Join the conversation or tweet us at SuitsPod. Uh, we have getting some feedback on, on Twitter. We love a good interactive Twitter. Apparently, y'all, I saw the AV Club at the AV Club. Tweet it. Recently, Not even Star yeah. Wars is a match for Suits. And, I mean, look at the material, y'all. Well, suits is obviously beating Star Wars by, uh, by miles, leaps and bounds. And so, uh, 
Join the conversation. Tell your friends to tell a friend. Uh, and, you know, of course, subscribe and leave us those five-star reviews. We're here kicking it. We're almost done with season three already. Yeah. I mean, Suits has been such a juggernaut, and we welcome all of our new associates who are uh, binging Suits and looking for more content. But, you know, these other shows uh, that people uh, like are going to stick by Suits. And I'm going to stick beside it every time. So mm-hmm. this is a good, a good, fun watch. Let's keep the party going. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here for season three, episode eight. We'll be back tomorrow with episode nine. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.